Good morning, church. Everybody doing okay today? Good, good. I want to share several love stories with you today. The first one goes back 40 years. I think everybody loves a good love story. It was my first year in ministry. I was in Clinton, Oklahoma. I was home for lunch, and one of the members called and said, Hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm eating lunch. She said, You want to do a wedding? Sure. I thought she was joking. I said, when? She said, come on down. She owned a flower shop, so I drove to the flower shop. It was a perfect setting. This couple didn't have to pay for any flowers, didn't have to pay for any decorations. We just stood there. It was a pretty quick wedding, you know, take him, take her, took, and they wanted to be together. And you're thinking, Richie, did you counsel them? No, this sweet 80-year-old couple (laughs) drove an hour and a half to get away from their kids, (laughs) and they just wanted to get married. That's love story number one. Let me give you love story number two. Forty years ago today... A good looking couple right there. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Kel. We're in a study of the book of Ruth, and we've been saying that Ruth is a love story, and so we're going to continue to look at this love story today and two more weeks. Here's the setting of this love story. We've been saying it's a very dark and wicked time. It's the period of the judges. And here's how people lived in the period of the judges. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as he saw fit. Everyone did whatever they thought was right, what was right in his own eyes, what seemed right to them, whatever they pleased. And because of their disobedience, God sent a famine. God said, if you're going to disobey me and continue to disobey me, I'm going to send a famine. And that's exactly what happened. A famine simply means that food was very difficult to find. And we have a family that moves from Bethlehem, which means house of bread. But there was no bread. There was no food, and they moved to Moab. Let me remind you of the family. There was a Limelech, whose name, my God, is king, and he takes his wife, Naomi, whose name is Pleasant, and they have two boys named Sickly and Wasting Away, and they moved to Moab. And when they're in Moab, the boys married Orpah, which means gazelle, and Ruth, which means beauty. And while they're in Moab, life certainly didn't turn out the way they had planned. Elimelech dies, Malon dies, Kilian dies, leaving three widow women to survive in an evil, evil culture. So we've looked at Ruth chapter 1. Naomi decides at the end of Ruth 1 to to return to Bethlehem. Orpah and Ruth load up to go with with Naomi. And Naomi says, no, you, you need to stay here. We find Naomi changing her name to Mara, which means bitter, because she's become very bitter in life, because life hasn't turned out the way she's planned. So she urges Orpah and Ruth, listen, y'all just go back home. I don't have any more sons. I don't have any more boys for you to marry. Orpah turns back, and she returns to Moab. But Ruth doesn't. 
And Ruth gives us one of the sweetest statements of love in the Bible. She tells Naomi, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And where you die, I'll die, and there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. I, I love that passage. She says, you know, when you die, I'm not blowing out of here and going back to Moab. When you die, where you die, I'm going to be buried right by you. I'm going to stay right there with you. And in Ruth 1, they're heading back to Bethlehem. In Ruth 2, we looked at that last week, Ruth goes looking for work. Ruth goes looking for food. And she says to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I might find favor. And that's exactly what happens. Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing, whose name was Boaz. So Ruth went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. And as it turned out, we talked about that last week, we don't believe in luck. Christ followers don't believe in luck. We believe in the providence of God. We believe God puts people together and things together and situations together. And as it turned out, God put her, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. As it turned out, in these evil, evil times of the judges, there still was a man who honored God. There was still a man who honored people. There was still a man who honored the poor, and his name is Boaz, which means strength. And she finds favor and acceptance in the field of strength. And that brings us to Ruth chapter 3. In Ruth 3, Naomi becomes a matchmaker. Now, you know what that is. Many of you have probably played matchmaker before. When you were in school, you had a friend that you wanted to get hooked up with somebody else, and you tried to arrange that and, and set that up. Maybe you've played matchmaker for your children. Maybe you've played matchmaker for a friend, um, a co-worker. You arrange a date. You arrange a get-together. Or maybe you're that person that you went to a friend and said, Hey, can you, can you hook me up with this person? Can you arrange this? Can you be a matchmaker for me? Whatever you can do to get two people together, because sometimes it's hard, it's difficult to get two people together. So, maybe Ruth was thinking, maybe Naomi's thinking, you know, maybe the timing's just not right. Maybe it's not right, because Ruth has had time. Naomi's had time, and maybe they're thinking, well, I'm just waiting for the right time. I'm just waiting for the right time. I'm just waiting for the right time to ask this person out. I'm just waiting for the right time. So in Ruth 3, Ruth has been going to the fields to find work and food. She's been going to the fields to be unnoticed. And now Naomi wants her to get noticed by Boaz. Naomi is ready for her to make her move. But Ruth's still waiting for the right time. I, just, I don't know if it's the right time. And what she doesn't realize is her time is very limited because the harvest is almost over and her days of gleaning are almost done. And she may never see Boaz again. We don't know. And if something doesn't happen soon, then her time is going out the window. So she's a widow. She's thinking the timing's not right. <coughs> she wants to believe that Naomi's right. 
She wants to believe, hey, maybe I can find a husband again. She wants to believe, hey, maybe marriage is in the future. She wants to believe, she, she wants Naomi's God to be her God. She wants to believe that God will do something and bring her together with someone. Here's what we read. One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you've been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying, then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. So Naomi is being a matchmaker. Little does she know. This match has already been made in heaven. Little does she know that God is already working this couple together. Little does she know God is already weaving His story together. Boaz and Ruth will be together by the providence of God, not by luck. They just don't know it yet. What Naomi is proposing here is a leveret marriage. Let me briefly explain to you a leveret marriage. You can read about this in Deuteronomy 25. It says that when a man dies, if his widow has no children and he has a brother, it's the duty and responsibility of the brother to marry the widow, have a child, name that child after him so that the property in the family will stay in the family. It was called continuing the name of your brother. And you're thinking, well, that doesn't even make sense, but we read about this in the New Testament. Teacher, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and have children for him. There were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died right on down to the seventh, and finally the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven? Since all of them were married to her, that is the Leveret Law. Now, again, why is this important? Well, you remember in the first chapter, Naomi says, I don't have any more boys. I don't have any more boys for you to marry. Her husband dies, the boys die, so there's no one alive who has a legal obligation to Ruth. Which is why Naomi said, listen, just go back home. Just go back to Moab. You're not going to find anything where I'm going. And Orpah returns, but Ruth stays with her. And then Naomi heard the name Boaz. And her little matchmaker mind began to think, now wait a minute, wait a minute. If I can get Ruth on the dating game with Boaz, if I can be a matchmaker and hook them up, because he is a close relative, he's not a brother, He's a close relative, and Naomi's probably thinking, close enough. Even though he has no legal obligation, <coughs> excuse me, to marry Ruth. But here's another problem. Boaz has been described, we noticed this last week, as a man of standing. And he's been protecting and providing for Ruth. So how's Ruth going to make her move? How's Ruth going to get his attention? And Naomi says, girl, you... You just need to listen to me. You need to wash up and perfume up and put on your best clothes and wait till he's tanked up. 
Because Naomi knows the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, and he's not thinking clearly until he has food. So wait till he's finished eating, and then you make your move. Again, why? Naomi wants a better life for Ruth. Naomi doesn't want Ruth staying in the fields the rest of her life. Again, in chapter 3, should I not try to find you a home? Should I not try to find you a resting place? She wants her to find a home. So Ruth does what Naomi tells her to do. She washes up, and she perfumes up, and she dresses up, and she waits till he's tanked up. And Naomi told Ruth, when he lies down, note the place where he's lying down, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he'll tell you what to do. And that's exactly what Ruth does. Here's what we read. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking, he went over to lie down. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, he was startled and asked, Who are you? Ruth responded and said, I'm your servant, Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. Boaz replied, You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. Do not be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. My fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Now, you might be wondering, why hasn't Boaz made a move on Ruth up to now? I mean, they've been six weeks out in the field. Why hasn't he shown any interest? Why hasn't he gone up at any point to Ruth and said, Hey, baby, think maybe. (laughs) Trying to get you to stay with me today. Maybe he's been thinking, you know, she's still in mourning. Her husband died. Maybe he's thinking, you know, she's just too young. Maybe he's thinking, being a man of standing, she's one of my workers. Boaz is shocked to find out that Ruth is interested in him. He's surprised she hasn't run after someone younger But for sure, when she says, kinsman, redeemer, which we're going to look at that in the next couple of weeks. When she says, kinsman, redeemer, he knows exactly what she's talking about. And here's something that's interesting. Ruth knows Boaz is the best choice. Not just the best choice for her. She knows Boaz is the best choice to take care of her and Naomi. She says, you're a kinsman redeemer. So Ruth is asking Boaz, we want you, I want you. She's proposing that Boaz propose to be the kinsman redeemer to take care of both of them. Now, I read a lot of stuff this week, and some folks will say, this was just a sexual encounter. But if you stay in context, Boaz is a man of standing. She is a woman of noble character. So, he has treated Ruth right. He treats his employees right. He treats Naomi right. He protects her. He's concerned with her safety. He's concerned with her integrity. But he knows this is not a sexual encounter. This is a proposal. And he knows he can't accept this proposal yet because there's someone else in line. And because of his character... He's going to go to that man first. Boaz tells Ruth, although it's true that I am near of kin, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good. 
let him redeem. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Now, throughout the book of Ruth, Boaz has always been described as a class act. He's the kind of guy, we talked about this, that you want your daughter to marry. This love story is amazing. He doesn't have, he doesn't have to redeem Ruth. But this isn't a business transaction. This is a, this is a love transaction. We're going to learn about that more next week. You see, God doesn't redeem us because of the law. God redeems us because of love. Ruth goes to Boaz seeking redemption. One of our key words in this short letter. We go to God seeking redemption. Questions? Where do you go to find redemption? Where do you go to find security? Where do you go to find cover? Because the greatest concern of Boaz is the redemption of Ruth. The greatest concern of God is your redemption. It's kind of interesting, the word feet shows up four times in this chapter. Then go uncover his feet. Ruth uncovered his feet. Boaz discovered someone at his feet. Ruth lay at his feet. Consider a couple of passages. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at the feet of Jesus, pleading with him to come to his house and heal his daughter. In Revelation, I saw heaven standing open and I fell at the feet. Ruth finds redemption at the feet of Boaz. We find redemption at the feet of Jesus. So you have to decide today. Will you put yourself, will you submit yourself, will you put yourself at the feet of Jesus? Because God wants you to find redemption. And the only place you and I can find redemption is at the feet of Jesus. Boaz gives Ruth what she can't find anywhere else. Redemption. God gives us what we can't find anywhere else, even though we seek other places. Redemption. Here's another love story, folks. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Change the world and put your name in there. Make that personal. For God so loved Richie. <coughs> Ephesians 1, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You see, in this love story, Ruth has to make the first move. In our love story with God, God always makes the first move. Maybe you need to hear this today. Listen, folks, God is in love with you. That sounds real simple, but you need to hear that because we go through life and we mess up life and we sin and we're thinking there's so much distance between us and God. There's no way God can love me because of what I've done. You need to hear today that God loves you. Listen, folks, when God created you, it was love at first sight. You need to hear that God loves you. In fact, I love this illustration. Maybe you need to hear that there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. So stop trying to earn it. 
There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. So stop thinking you've messed up too much. We're going to finish this love story next week, but I, I just think we need to be reminded. I just think there's someone here today or a lot of someones that need to hear the message that God loves you this much. That He sent His Son to die for you. God, in this love story, God loves us so much, He sent His Son. Listen, folks, I want to encourage you from the book of Ruth because it's a love story. There's so many different love stories, but it's a story of how much God loves us in the midst of life doesn't always turn out the way we had planned. Sometimes life is difficult and sometimes life is hard, but I want to encourage you to fall in love with Jesus today. And the way you do that, the way we do that is to submit to Jesus and fall at the feet of Jesus. Let's pray.